0: So join me on this journey, speaking to ordinary women doing extraordinary things for new insights, new ideas, new medical breakthroughs, and new life lessons. You will be inspired to find your best life here and now. My name is Wendy Charles McGuire, and this is your Second Wind Podcast. Second Wind. I have a unique person with me today. That i found on instagram just kind of looking around and i was really captured by this woman's approach which was about etiquette and image and radiating from within i was like etiquette and that brought me right back to my teenage years when there were you know debutantes and i was not one but there were young ladies and gentlemen going to learn and go to etiquette classes and such as that. And I was like, wow. Yeah. I wonder if that's even a thing anymore. I need to talk to her. Well, come to find out she's in Kenya, Africa, <laughs> she was great. And we were able to meet and we did our little pre-interview on the phone. And now here we are recording and she has some really interesting, basic, simplified things to say. So who I have in front of me today is Alice. Mohirwa. Yes. Yes. And she's a wife and a mother and she's an economist by trade who shifted her entire passion to become an etiquette and image consultant. And she found that simplicity to living and adding basic etiquette makes all the difference in the world for us. And I'm going to tell you all to follow her on Instagram when we get done with this, because you're going to want to just see some of the things she posts. Just makes you think a little bit. So Alice, thank you so much. And welcome to Second Wind, the podcast.
1: Thank you so much, Wendy. Thank you for having me here. I'm so glad and happy to share this with you. Thank
0: you. Me as well. Thank you. And what's really interesting is like everything was going wrong. We're probably an Hour past when we should have been recording. The sound yeah. wasn't working, and then something else wasn't working. And then I got really dizzy for a minute, which never has happened. I'm like, I'm going to pass out. Hold on. <laughs> so here we are finally making it happen. So you for your patience with me this morning, you're welcome. Well, I don't even know what time, how many hours away are you? Well, we are at 8 p.m. in Kenya. Oh, okay. So it's one o'clock here, kind of far away. Well, anyway, let's get right to it. So Alice, tell me about how this economist suddenly is now a coach and an image consultant using etiquette. How does that even, the two, it doesn't seem like the two worlds actually connect. And I'm really interested how that happened for you.
1: What? I say they can kind of connect in a manner that I came to understand that I needed etiquette, I needed to review my image as an econometrist, to win much career presence as an executive in my career. And then I went to learn about etiquette, I reviewed my image. And the more I was doing that, I came to realize that it is actually changing my life. It is changing my approach. It has also improved my level of influence and my power in the office. So when I came to realize that, I went on and had other courses. And I started picking much interest into it. When COVID started, I was going to do my, now my overall training to become a trainer in etiquette. Once COVID finished and there were no much contract to work in my regular business, I decided why not trying to even teach people how to use etiquette in their everyday life? So I started coaching on a one-on-one basically on a small group of women. I had a very tiny, tiny group of people and it worked. So after that, it sparked that inspiration. And then I went ahead and did now the whole program and gotten certified.
0: That is so cool. Well, let me ask you. Alice, so you're a mom, Correct. you're doing the economist thing, and then it was just when you were going to try to get, was it a promotion or something? And what sparked you into going down this path to change yourself? I think if I have to go there, really, I would
1: say that it's my personal retrospective that took me back to study and understand Why am I stuck in my life? That's personal conversation with self and say, there is a level of satisfaction. I believe I was meant for great. Why am I experiencing burnout? Why am I not getting whatever I deserve? Because to me, the eight to five lifestyle wasn't really doing the thing for me. Mm-hmm. I was working so hard, spending so much hours in the office, coming back loaded with work some time, getting consumed with work and family responsibilities, and it was so overwhelming. And when I look what I'm earning and the kind of energy and time I'm spending on work, it wasn't matching. So I would say it came out of frustration. I say, yes, I know I'm smart because I'm able to deliver what I'm solicited to do, but there is a level that I'm not reaching. Do you know that kind of feeling, that kind of frustration that you get that, you know, you are meant for higher grounds, but you stuck somewhere with a huge dream, but you don't know the driver that is going to take you from that Point where you want to be?
0: I would say a majority of us feel that way. And we end up like kind of like doing this kind of dance around and just not really getting forward, not really going back, and just kind of being in this place saying, Oh, well, maybe if I do this, I'll get this. Or I don't know, maybe I should try this. And it never really works. And you're just kind of in this container right yes
1: you will end up finding yourself in that circle because number one you're stuck in your comfort Mm -hmm. and that comfort is already toxic on my side because it is not sufficient it is not what you really deserve but you prefer that because you have the fear of the unknown that is so huge that is blocking you to move forward and again, you lack that kind of confidence because you are in a vacuum of self-doubt.
0: Wow. I have to write that down. Vacuum of self-doubt. Yes. That is a great way to say that. It's also another way is like our ego keeps us safe, keeps us, hey, just do this. This is all yes. you know.
1: Exactly. Yes. Be
0: fearful. Be fearful.
1: Yeah. Of what you know. Our ego so- is protective. It's protective of who we are, of what we have, however bad it is, our ego is usually, is not daring. Our ego doesn't dare. Doesn't dare. Yeah, it does Dare to be
0: great, right? They say dare to be great. But if your ego yes. says, oh, no, 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 hold yes. on.
1: <laughs> our ego will tell you, no, I know you. I know you, Wendy. That's not you.
0: I know you, Alice. That's not you. Just be satisfied where you're at, right? Yes, yes. Look around you. Can't you just be happy with what you've got? Yes. It's hard to, it's like, well, yeah, I mean, life is good, right? So who are we to ask for it to be better? But I think that's what we're trying to get across is that. It's a kind of mindset is
1: a huge thing that sometimes when I think about it, I feel like crying because there were times in my personal life when. I was still working, I was still employed, or even when I left employment to start doing consultancies, but still in the same field of researches, I would go country to country, uh, spend nights in Kampala, spend night in Zambia, spend night in Kenya. And sometimes I would travel with a young baby boy. And the money that I will make is, not ena- as much as how I'm making now as a homestaying mom. I have time to take care of my family. I have time to make money. And when I look at that, I just see what changed because I'm still the same person. But what changed is the mindset of abundance, is the mindset of believing that you deserve better, you deserve rest, you deserve to take care of yourself. You deserve more money. You deserve comfort. It's just the mindset. And then once the mindset has allowed you to move from that vacuum, now you go to discover what you deserve. And that's when you have to go to get the skills. I want to learn etiquette. I want to learn image consultancy. And then all those skills will help you land somewhere.
0: So, what was the deciding factor for you to look into these courses? And like, why did you pick that? The deciding
1: factors, I was first going to improve on my personal life. To improve, because I knew I was stuck. I knew that yes, I am okay, I am good in what I deliver, but I'm not satisfied on my professional presence. I need to appear more. Appealing, I need to appear more convincing. I need to learn how to convert more clients. Mm. So, the only way I will do that is say, I need to review my image. I need to review how I look. I want to look more presentable. So, the moment I went to learn that for my personal use, I fell in love. I fell in love in how. My look, my appearance, my approach shifted from this side to this side immediately.
0: What did it feel like when that shift happened? I mean, I think we're all looking to feel something when we go ahead and say, all right, I'm going to try something. And then we all would like to think there's some kind of I reinforcement I can't find
1: the appropriate word to really justify that. The ultimate jaw, it's when you are not able to see and you're able to see now, it's clarity. There is clarity that comes on spot like that. And you wonder, how was I this damn all this long? Interesting. Okay. How was I damn all this long? Let me just give you a small example. It's not about, it's not, I'm sorry to use this particular example because this is the only way I can be able to explain it to you. When I gave birth to my third born, I delivered through CS and I went back to office two weeks after. Mm-hmm. I was still with bandage, pumping, postponatum depression, all that. I went through high level of depression, in denial, because I was working so hard, yes, and I had to go, I had to travel long distances, I had to take care of the family, and when I moved, it reached a point I had to resign from the office where I used to work, because it was so much. When I went to do my own company thinking, that I'm going to get much time for the baby and take care of the rest, it went worse. The demand was so high for me, I had to travel from Rwanda to Kenya to Uganda. I was all around. Now I used to travel with the baby and the
0: nanny. Oh, well, that's what you're talking about. So you became like a consultant for the research for your economist trade. And that's when you thought, oh, I can make my own schedule. And I can do my own thing. When I had that, my
1: own thing, my own sh- schedule, but I wasn't experienced. I wasn't minding the amount of time I spend on work. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. At home, I'm working. On weekends, I'm working. <laughs> At night, I'm having conferences and sometimes reporting and all that and consulting other people. It was time consuming. And I was my own boss, but I wasn't satisfied on the other side. When I decided getting frustrated and I said, okay, I resigned. It's not working. I opened my own business. It's not working. Then I think what is wrong is within me. None of the work. It's nothing to do with the business. It's me. It's you.
0: Oh, yeah, because you were successful. I mean, you were getting clients. It's not like people weren't hiring you. Yeah.
1: Yes. So you yeah, were hiring ex- me and they were yeah. cheering me up. I was getting paid, but when yeah. I see the amount of time I spent, there was no joy. There was no satisfaction. I was always guilty because I'm not available for my children. Yeah. I was always running around and staying the be- putting the baby in the hotel and coming back to take care of the baby later on. You still feel guilty. As, I'm a horrible mother. I'm this and that. Until I came to realize that, no, I need to work smart. I need to find a way to work less and earn more or earn what is sufficient for me, but also allowing me time to work for my children. Right. None of those, either when I was employed, either when I was doing my personal consultancy, which even dropped during COVID because the jobs were almost not available up to date. The researchers were coming like once a year or twice a year. And then I said, I need something. I need to adopt a model that is continuous. I need to adopt a model that works in a passive manner, that either I'm there, either I'm not there, either I'm away or I'm something that is not limited by space and time. So when I joined, there was a training that Tony Robbins ran in, that was in 2020. It was saying growth blueprint. And then I attended. Alex, how'd you hear about this Tony Robbins thing? Oh, I've been following him for a very long time. I have so many books of him. I follow him. He's my, he's one of the inspirational speaker, mm-hmm. educator. Yes. And then I attended that. And one of the things that really one of the my takeaways from that training was that knowledge is the new blueprint, is the new nugget. If you want to go ahead in life, start selling knowledge. People are eager to know now, like never before. Okay. So I started wondering, should I put econometrics and sell knowledge? Should I become a Twitter? Should I because I thought that's the only thing I know.
0: Oh, going through economics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Okay. So you're trying to apply it to that.
1: Yeah, exactly. Should I start doing maybe podcast on money? Should I start informing people how to live a wise lifestyle? Should I focus into money minding? What can I put there that is going to make me earn money, but also being known, but also as a cause? Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not a financial advisor, neither a financial educator. So that was a wrong route for me. Okay. So when I was lying down on my couch, just sleeping down with such ideas, an advert popped in, an advert on those. You see this Google advert that comes when you're watching something?
0: Oh, yeah. The things that pop up? Yes. Pop-ups.
1: Yes. I got a Google pop-up from British School of Excellence. Out of nowhere. The British School of Excellence, and then it was advertising a course on emotional intelligence.
0: Huh. So that's interesting. There's many women who have been on this podcast who said, yeah, I was like in this time period. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. And then I stood in the grocery counter line and there was an ad. I just flipped through this magazine and there was an ad. So I went to there. Or yeah, pop-ups. That's happened to many people where something popped up and they're like, oh, Maybe yeah. I should try and it set them on their path. And the same thing happened to you. That's crazy. Yes, it
1: happened to me. Pop-ups, they didn't really work. Because sometimes they might meet you in your very moment of need.
0: Exactly. It may have showed up before, but you didn't notice it probably. Yes. We like don't know, but this time you were able to see it.
1: I, ab- I was able to see because I knew I want to master my emotions. I want to learn how to. Navigate emotions, how to even portray myself more professionally and all that. So, when I checked the costing and all that, by then I wasn't able to afford that. But what I did, I visited the school, I checked everything and other programs they had. I was more drawn by polished professionals where they train you on your appearance, they review you your appearance, they leave you your etiquette and I went and I started saving for that instead of the emotional intelligence. Okay, okay. So after doing that course, I went back again and do emotional intelligence. To learn, to cut the story short, after working on myself, revamping my look, revamping my emotions, because it's a journey, you can't finish the school and become that particular person. So I was working Mm -hmm. from a step to a step. I started getting noticed by friends, by people. They would say, "Ooh, you have changed. Your style has changed. You are more relaxed. So you're what were they really... seeing?
0: What do you think was different?
1: Well, when you dress from a point of knowledge, it's quite different from when you're dressing just to dress. As when you mm-hmm. dress from a point of knowledge, you dress to win. Now appearance is like a weapon to convince people. You
0: appearance have... is a weapon.
1: Yeah. Another
0: thing to write down. Okay. That's so cool. Yes.
1: The way you look, the way you show up, your appearance, your body language, the way you speak, communicate much more about your personality. Mm -hmm. But when you dress without that knowledge, you dress anyhow. You are covering up. You're not dressing.
0: You know, I'm thinking of... Tina Hedges, who is on the podcast, who has a organic, awesome beauty line. Yes. And she basically said, "It's anybody can just put stuff on their face, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. It's how you are present and you're, at that moment, you're present washing or putting the oil, the grapeseed elixir on your skin and you're doing it in such a way that you are hundred percent involved in it. Yes. And I would imagine that applies to what you're saying. Like I can go to my closet and just throw on a pair of sweats and a t-shirt and call it a day and go out. I mean, I have probably do that. The the, the (laughs)
1: knowledge, yes. The knowledge of appearance, the knowledge on styling gives you like extra pairs of eyes. It gives you, and I tell my mentees and trainees that, learning how to style your body, it gives you two pairs extra. It gives you an eye of a stylist, but it also gives you the pair of a strategist. You are strategic in how you dress because you want to communicate. There is something you want to communicate. There is a message you want to send out and there is an impression that you want to form. Mm -hmm. So you are dressing your choice of colors your choice of cut, your choice of pattern, your choice of hairstyle, your choice of makeup is going to contribute in all that on the brand you want to express. Of your brand. Yes. If whatever you choose is in contrary, is not in harmony with the person you want to portray, people will not believe what you're saying. Because those are factors. People judge you based on your appearance more than how they will judge your substantial other aspects. If I come here and demonstrate to you formulas, you will say, okay, Alice looks like she can be an econometrist. But if I come well-dressed, well put together, you'll say, oh, Alice is an executive. I believe she can really deliver what she's saying.
0: Oh, so yeah, it's a buy-in also.
1: Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So your appearance is like your entry token. It gives you the entry to enter into a room and have such respect. And then what is going to make you sustain that respect is your substance. Now how you speak, your content, your knowledge, your power, but before we see what you say you do, we need to see how poised you are.
0: In order to even get to the step where we're listening yes, to Yes,
1: exactly. Last
0: time we were out to dinner, Alice, very interesting. We're at dinner, and my husband's like, I can tell in that group of men who the man is who's going to be picking up the check, the guy that's in charge. And I didn't look, and I didn't look, and they were all getting up to go. And I turned around, and in one second, I said, oh, it's that gentleman. He's like, yeah, he just paid. And it was all because everybody else was kind of like, you know, half put together, shirts kind of untucked, you know, just not really looking, not well-groomed. Like well and the gentleman who was in charge, I mean, don't even include body types or anything like that. He just had, his shirt was tucked in. He was wearing a pair of pressed pants and nice shoes. And you could just, his presence was that of, I'm in charge of this group. Exactly.
1: And that's where maybe this, era or this generation pick it wrong yes first impression good impression appearance matter the most but what is the appearance that matter it's not faking an appearance that matter yeah it's not going out there to wear designer clothes things that are too extra to wear to show that you have the money to show that you have the comfort what matters the most is to dress appropriately, but also to learn how to have that authoritative presence, to have mm-hmm. that confidence from within that, yes, I can do this.
0: So you do these courses and how is that working in your life? How, does, how do you take what you've learned and move forward with it? Like you're starting to feel really good about yourself.
1: Yes, you start feeling good about yourself. You see your life change. From a perspective of knowledge, and then you practice. Practice. Yes. How I help my client, I have a six weeks program. So, through the six weeks program, there is also a reinforcement kind of technique that I use to see and help you overcome your challenges. And then, after that, this is a journey, honestly. And again, the pace differs. The from a person to a person. Okay. But it's continuous. You start from a point, you reach somewhere. If you get stuck, it's okay to come back again and ask for help, and then like that, like that, we pick it up from there. It's not a TikTok event. When you reach a point where you feel like I'm getting stuck, it's okay to be vulnerable and say, I was stuck here. Let's go back and revisit. Remember this always starts with your habit. It starts with your personal willingness to overgrow certain habits. Okay.
0: So give me an example of when you first were applying everything and you were seeing success. Yeah. What did that look like for you? Oh,
1: well, success is relative. But what I feel as success is not necessarily in terms of finances, even if in terms of finances, I can also see success, which I will come back to that later. But success in this particular context is seeing somebody coming back with a feedback, telling me, oh, Alice, I was this and that, and then I'm noticeable in my office. I was promoted because of that. My fiance is, now engaging me next week, I get so many compliments on my look. I had been able to, as we speak today, somebody in my group decided to buy herself a gift and say, today is my birthday and for a very long time I have not offered myself a gift. She went and bought herself a nice for herself and said, this is my gift. I am unapologetically recognizing and celebrating myself, which is a challenge for so many women. We take care of everyone else and we don't take care of ourselves. It's true. So to me, that's success. Success when I'm, see, I'm able to impact other people's lives in a positive way, it is success. To me, success, it's not necessarily money. It's seeing the impact, the amount of people You have been able to help to shift from that vacuum of fear, from that vacuum of self-doubt, to shift and navigate all around
0: to their calling and their purpose. That is really good. And people, yeah, it's such a unique approach. But I guess if you don't really pay attention to it, you don't realize what you're missing, maybe in not getting the promotion, or not, you know what I mean? What you're missing, you don't even know what you're missing. You don't know what that little piece, that element that could have gotten you the job. And it very well could have been. Let me shock you in terms of numbers.
1: When I was, I'm not afraid to say this because it is only through a personal experiences that people can at least go back and think and say, what can I monetize? what skill, what knowledge can I monetize? Because after listening to what I heard from Tony Robbins and all those ideas were passing in my mind, I didn't know what to do. Mm -hmm. I never used to earn more than $5,000. And I have gone through countries, I have flown with my baby, I have gone around, and sometimes it might even come like twice or three times in a year, it wasn't something that was relevant. Now, as we speak, I'm able to make that money in a month. And I only work 14 hours a week. Wow. 14 hours a week because I do, let's say three, four hours a day. And I only work from Tuesday to Friday, virtually from the comfort of my home. And sometimes I meet regular clients and I'm able to make that money nursing my children, taking care of myself, taking care of my plants, taking care of my small fish. I have time for myself and for the things around me. Yeah. I'm able to have a grow. When I was busy running, like, a headless chicken. I wish I can share with you a picture of mine eight years ago, 10 years ago. You won't believe it's me. You will think I'm the younger sister to that person.
0: Really? Yeah, that would be interesting. Maybe you should send me a before and an after picture just so people can see. And, it, and what you're attributing to is mindset and being aware of your presence and how you're speaking and how you're appearing to people. And I want to preface and hopefully you'll agree with me, it's not about spending a ton of money on makeup and jewelry and clothing and all that. You take the simplistic approach. My approach is poise,
1: interestingness, and etiquette. And poise has nothing to do with luxury. Learning how to dress your body type, using the colors that suit your skin tone, Minding your personality and using those three to determine the appearance that you want to look. If I want to be, let's say classic elegant, my hairstyle should be classic elegant. My makeup should look classic elegant. My choice of color should reflect the same. The way I speak should reflect the same. The kind of jewellery that I'm dressing should speak the same. I'm just in my wedding rings, engagement ring, my watch. Nothing else. Makes sense. Yeah. So it doesn't have to be a $3,000 dress. It doesn't have to be...
0: No. Yeah. So people, I think a lot of times we all say, well, if I could just get that outfit or wear that handbag or have that piece of jewelry that's going to make me feel better. That's what I need to wear. It's like my husband says, you can dress up the pig and put lipstick on it. But it's still a pig on the inside. Exactly, and that's
1: why people are missing out on because I think this is the effect of adverts. The adverts are made in a manner that they are pushing us to that impulse purchases. That Mm -hmm. you're missing out. You're missing out on this. If you don't have this, then you're not bougie. You don't have
0: this.
1: You're not pretty. So young people are exposed to a certain pressure on things that are coming up on the market. So if you don't have that contentment wall from within, you're going to switch to that purchase
0: pressure all the time contentment wall. Oh my gosh, that's so good. I have to write that down. I love that. Yeah. And then you don't, that's so true. When you are feeling good about yourself, there's no need. You're like, I don't need that. I don't need that. You're able to say no. And there is also that point of knowledge.
1: When you know your personal brand, does this match my brand? No, it doesn't speak my brand. Any purchase that you make should be in harmony with what you want to portray. And this is going to be your filter. If you know your personal brand, your personal brand will filter for you the things you need to buy, the things you need to add on your shopping list. Not every trend is a must for you because you know this is what I need. And when you are working in a store or in a clothing store, you're not drawn by anything really look nice because you know, oh, this color doesn't look well on me. So no need. This kind of hat doesn't look well on me. No need. There is that level when you have that knowledge to you, it's already a filter tool. It helps you to filter what you need. Yeah, Yeah. Yes,
0: I totally agree with you. So what do you say to someone who comes along and says, here I am, I'm in the second wind of life, you know, I'm exploring my options. I'm trying new things. I don't really know what my brand is, but I know I probably need one. And I know that I do want to look professional. How would you work with someone like that? I have
1: what we call orientation session, where I hear about you, about what you want, about what you're struggling with. The number one tip is. That, I call it vulnerability phase, where you face- The vulnerability phase? Yes. Vulnerability phase, okay. Where you face your fears. Okay. I tell you to list down the amount of things that you fear and the reason why you fear them. And then why you have taken all this long to work on them. And then as we have a session, like what you are doing right now, We go one by one. Why do you think you are unworthy? Why do you think you date an available man? Why do you think you have been taking care of everyone else and if you stop doing it, things will go wrong? So it is to make it like you're now working on your subconscious. Your subconscious has certain information that it has fed your conscience. And you act on that. I'm going back to inform your subconscious that actually that's wrong. So we start from there and then we go down. After breaking all that iceberg, now we elaborate who do you want to be? What are the people that you admire, that you would like to be? So we list down your brand characters, your brand values, your brand philosophy, and whatever we build with you, is around that new brand. And now your homework after a session is going back to embody
0: that brand. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes total sense. So in that scenario, you would be helping somebody develop their brand and with their likes, dislikes, and what they aspire for. That's really neat. Do you have any examples of people that have come to you that you've helped that have seen some really neat things happen that warm your, yeah, give me one.
1: So many. I have, well, I'm not allowed to disclose their personality. That's part of the clause that we signed, but themselves have gone out and speak out there. You will see on my page, if you visit my Instagram in my highlights, You will see my client reviews and I prefer it that way because you came to disclose your vulnerability with me. I will be so mean to go out there and say, Oh, see, I have helped Wendy to do this and that. But I choose to wait until Wendy herself will come out and say, look who I am. Look how I am looking. I've gotten this and that. And I was helped by Alice. That's, more personal, and I might use that once you are the one who has already saved it. So when you visit my page on Instagram, you will find more reviews and the highlights, it's called review or testimonial.
0: Are you able to disclose like, without any names, like a scenario? Yes.
1: The scenario that is so touching for me is from a closed family member of myself. This person has encountered depression, severe depression, and he resigned from the office after doing that. He was under medication for seven months, if I can remember. The way she was taking the medication, she changed, her body changed. She became so big. It affected her speech and all that. So her confidence went down. When she joined my class on a appearance, she learned how to dress her new body. She learned how to flatter her body type. She learned the colors that flatter her skin. She revamped her wardrobe by my help. And I taught him how to master emotions, how to do some exercises. How to maneuver her body language, how to live with anxiety and accept it as a condition that is transitioning her from a face to a face. Today, she went back to work. She applied and she went to work somewhere else. She opened back her social media. She's able to post pictures of herself and celebrate life. That's fantastic. That's one person. There was another. Lady, she's a pilot, and one moment I was on a dinner date with a girlfriend of mine, and I saw a couple looking at us several times. When I could not know why they are staring on us, it was a bit dark. And then later on, the husband came to our table and told me I could not hold this for myself. I want to thank you. I'm told you're Coach Alice. You're the one who has been coaching my wife. You can't see much elegance that is in our house. Our house is revamped. We take nice breakfast. she dresses dress the table for us. She's no longer the captain of the house. She's the wife. That's great. It is. And she's more beautiful. I like the way she approaches her life. She always tells me, if Coach Alice sees this, she will not be happy of me. If she sees this, she will not be happy of me. If she sees this today, she will be so proud. So today, allow me to pay your bill. And I was so touched and I say, oh my goodness. There is that level of contentment and satisfaction that money cannot give. When you see the amount of joy, the amount of smile that you put in people's face, it's priceless for me.
0: Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. I love this. How can people find you and work with you? Because you'll work with anybody pretty much anywhere, men and women.
1: Yes, men and women.
0: And you see great things come from it. I mean, it's only a win-win to work on yourself and your brand. It's a win-win-win.
1: It's how you show up. It's how you show up, and it isn't the task. If we look at how things move nowadays, people no longer want to do mechanic things. We want to learn strategies that are going to help us move fast, move at the pace of any other thing. Mm -hmm. And rarely people realize that the way they show up matter the most than whatever they have in their CV. Because before I could see what you have on your CV, what you have as your expertise, I need to see how you look. I need to look at your energy. I need to see the energy around you. I need to see the kind of composure, the kind of authority, the kind of executive presence that you speak with in the first Mm -hmm. place. The kind of Mm -hmm. confidence that you have. You're coming to apply as a CEO. Yes, you have this and that. You have Harvard. You have Blah, 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 blah. But how come you're biting your nails? How come you are gutting your hair? How come? There is, whenever there is no correlation between your body language, your poise, and your expertise, then you don't convince. The only lasting impression should not only focus on Gucci or Versace clothes. It should be the balance between the three your poise, your body language, and your expertise. If you're not able to put that in
0: harmony, then you are missing out something. Yeah, the dots don't connect. That happens in interviews all the time. We say, well, they wouldn't give me eye contact or they kept fidgeting with something or you're trying to tell me you're going to be the best, whatever you are, you're going to be the best at that. But then you're fidgeting? And even though you may not realize it at the time, it does kind of stay with you when you go to make a hiring decision.
1: It does. Subconsciously, yes. Our body language works in a manner, it displays what is from within. Mm -hmm. It is in constant fight from our subconscious and what we need to say. For example, I would say, oh, I'm an econometrist. I did the econometrics, I am a researcher. And we see many people presenting themselves like that. But when I say like that, you see, I'm trying to fight something from within. And you, as an interviewer, you are focused on my body language more than what I'm saying. Even if what I'm saying might be true, but my body language is fighting something. When you don't focus into... And learning all that, embracing your new brand and embody it, you will be stuck. Because I had so many things that my inner being was fighting within me regardless. Right. Yeah. I had been fighting from a young age. I thought I don't deserve better. I thought... I'm a no-fan. I'm not going to make it in life. I should just survive. I should just do this and that. And you go through dating with that mindset. You go through marriage with that mindset. You go to employment with that mindset. The moment you realize that, Ooh, I missed on all this simply because I never thought I'm worthy.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You pigeonhole yourself. Yeah. I think we all do that. But when you look back, we come to realize that it was me. Mm -hmm. It was me. It's my own making. So since it was me, it's still me to make it work.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. So how do people get in touch with you? What's the best way to maybe have a discovery call with you? They can
1: book a discovery call through my website. There is where you can go and book, contact me. And then you get an entry email. You can also come to my Instagram page, which is Alice underscore Etiquette Coach. When you're there, you go to the link in my bio, you book a one-on-one meeting, and then we pick mm-hmm. it up from there.
0: And what's your website? How do you find your website? My website
1: is www.elevatewithalice.com.
0: Elevate with Alice.com. Yes. Alice, what keeps you going every day? Do you have a saying you say to yourself? Or because we all have moments where we're, do I really want to get out of bed? Do I really want to do this today? What keeps you going?
1: Well, some days, sometime as well. I don't feel the willing to come out of the bed. But the mm-hmm. moment I blink like this and it open and it close, you say, I'm alive. So if Mm. I say I'm alive,
0: then I should leave. Yeah, we didn't come on this earth to be in bed. Yeah. There's the stoic philosophers. Is your time better spent in under the covers? I show up
1: all the time. I say, if God has given me this day, he didn't give me this day to waste it. I must win it in one way or another. And my way to win the day is not necessarily in terms of money. My day to win the day is to leave my purpose, is to help someone figure out things. In trying to help them figure out things, either I will make money or I will make a
0: friend. That is what it's all about. and Finding your passion. And you know, yes. even if it's just loving on your dog, you're here for a reason. Yeah. As simple as that. Sharing love, sharing knowledge sharing how to find that empowerment from within yeah which is why i was so excited to have you on the podcast because thank you're sharing you so much for
1: thank you oh
0: thank you alice and until next time breathe in for second wind thank you for listening today i hope that something you heard made you smile made you think and made you feel